You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. One welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you once again from home with the stay-at-home rules still in effect. Although, boy, it sounds like states throughout the country are headed toward reopening. Some have already, and uh, Ohio scheduled to uh, reopen. Whatever that means, it, it, it's not going to be going back to normal. But next Friday, May 1st, uh, would be the, the changeover for Ohio. So maybe uh, in the coming weeks, we'll be able to bring you our show from a ballpark downtown in Cleveland at Progressive Field or uh, wherever the Indians might go in the event that there is a season and uh, that season does not include home ballparks. We'll see. Still so much up in the air. And it was kind of a quiet week in terms of of information coming out from reporters nationally and locally uh, about potential uh, openings of a season and how that would look. Uh, early on, there was the Arizona plan, then Arizona and Florida, and even uh, last weekend, Arizona, Florida, and Texas. And it'll be real interesting to see, uh, just listening to Fox Sports's Kenny Rosenthal, uh, who writes for The Athletic as well, a very respected national baseball writer, he said MLB is really keeping an eye on which states open up and how that looks, most importantly, um, in terms of, of what the plan may be. And again, nothing at all concrete as to where and when and how it would look when it starts. Just a lot of things out there. And, and even though you didn't see much uh, out there in the media this week, MLB every day is working tirelessly to figure out a way uh, to try and get some season in this year, in the year 2020. So we'll see what happens. Of course, so much depends on what's been happening with COVID-19 and uh, the spread or maybe the, the slowing down of that virus as, as we get further and further away from the beginning. Now, coming up on our show today, good show lined up for you. In the second half of our program, we'll be joined by Indians third base coach Mike Sarbaugh, who is part of a staff full of of experienced, good baseball men. And that starts at the top with Tribe Manager Terry Francona. But uh, Mike Sarbaugh, if we uh, we do play this year, it will be his 32nd season in professional baseball. And uh, he's been a member of the Indians organization since 1990. And uh, this season would be his eighth season on the Major League staff. And it's always fun to check in with Mike and talk baseball and also about a, a brief 
appearance in the movie Major League Two. We've talked to him about that before, but we'll take a deeper dive today as we certainly have the time to do that. And uh, we'll hear from Mike Sarbaugh in the second half of our show. Uh, in the first half, after our short break coming up here in a minute, uh, we'll hear from Tristan McKenzie, the uh, Indians' young pitching prospect who has been a top prospect in the organization for a while now, but has a, had a real tough time getting on the mound healthy. Uh, but he was this spring at the time of the shutdown. And we'll check in with him from his home down in Florida, how things are going during the shutdown for him. Before we get to that, a, a couple of reminders uh, in terms of where to to find us, how to, how to listen to our show. Obviously, uh, you found it if you're listening today, but uh, if you're wondering options, you can hear it on the Indians Radio Network each weekend. We usually drop the show at 5 o'clock on the Indians Radio Network. Our flagship station, WTAM, has been airing it at 6 o'clock in Cleveland. And uh, check your, your local stations for when they air it over the weekend. And we also come to you in podcast form in a, a couple of different platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, but uh, most notably the iHeartRadio app and also Apple iTunes. So uh, a couple of spots there to pick up Tribe Talk each week. And you can also go to our website, indians.com, and... Uh, you can find it there in uh, Indians.com, and they have all the archived editions, too. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Indians Radio is our Twitter address. And hopefully you've been able to follow the Indians' simulated season, thanks to MLB The Show 20. We've been uh, doing a daily recap, about two- to three-minute recap with highlights, some hammy calls in there of the Indian season as uh, PlayStation has simulated it, and uh, we do that each day for you, and you can find that on the Indians' YouTube channel. Also, uh, we'll throw it out there occasionally on Twitter and, and Instagram and Facebook, too, so a lot of different ways to keep tabs on the tribe during the shutdown. And again, hopefully we will have baseball for you at some point this summer, but uh, it still seems to be a ways away as uh, sports in general trying to figure out a way uh, to get back in business safely uh, during these uncertain times. Well, we'll take a time out, come back and hear from one of the best young pitching prospects in the Indians organization, Tristan McKenzie. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse, back with you as uh, we continue on here on our show this week. And we are joined by Tristan McKenzie as our first guest, young pitching prospect for the Indians. And it's been a, an up-and-down minor league career so far for McKenzie, not performance-wise, but just being able to stay on the mound healthy. He was the Indians' first-round draft pick back in 2015 out of Royal Palm Beach High School in Florida. He turned down an opportunity to pitch for Vanderbilt at the college level and uh, joined the Indians for that 2015 season. And, and things seemed to be going really well in 2017. He was already up to Lynchburg, made 25 starts for Lynchburg, and was a 12-game winner with an ERA of 3.46. The following season at Akron, limited to 16 starts as the injury issues started to flare up on him. And then last year, 
unable to pitch at all as he had a, a strain of the right rotator cuff uh, that he was working through in spring training and then uh, some other things a, a pectoral strain ended his season as he was on his way back midsummer so a frustrating season that did not include any mound time for McKenzie a year ago but he came into camp this season still only 22 years of age and was really looking good he went through uh, all of the workouts uh, through some live batting practice uh, didn't pitch in a game at the Indians request as uh, they really wanted to take it slowly with him but it seemed pointed toward getting back on the mound and showing some of that bright promise that he has so uh, things were really moving forward nicely and then the shutdown came he went back home to Florida, and that's where he has been since. And that's where we caught up with him earlier this week to talk about what he's been up to to try and stay sharp if and when we get back to baseball. Uh, I mean, I just say right now it's a lot of it's a lot of it's just kind of going through what a normal routine would be for me, or at least trying to get a semblance of that. Uh, just kind of waking up, eating, and figuring out a time to work out before I go throw or whatever I'm going to do on that day, whether it be a, a flat ground or a live bullpen or maybe not a live bullpen, but like a regular bullpen or something like that. Uh, and just kind of figuring out the time to do that and kind of talking with the catcher that I have uh, in home and figuring out some stuff and telling him what I was working on and seeing if he can pick up on stuff like that. But outside of that, it's, it's really tough because there's no necessary time frame as to when we're supposed to be back or we're supposed to build up and a lot of that stuff. It seems like the biggest challenge for, for most players is is who to work out with and, and where to work out. So so what are you able to do down in Florida at your home there? Right now I've been I've been working out at home. Uh I'm I'm waiting for there's we have we have select gyms down here. Uh, I personally work out at Crisis Sports Performance, but I've I've been kinda staying away from there because uh, I have a person at home that's high risk. So I try to stay away from everybody completely and totally. So I've been uh I've been doing a lot of home workouts with my brother and the team, the team has this app that we go through and I've been able to get a, a pretty good semblance of a workout in, maybe not to the degree that I'd like all the time, but for the most part, I, I'm able to get my work in and keep my body in shape. And take us back to spring training because it seemed like you were getting to a real good place. And, and in terms of progress, uh, how far along were you and, and were you pleased with how things were going to that point? Uh, in spring training, I felt completely healthy the whole time. I think I was clear that I was completely healthy. I think the organization understood that as well, but I think they wanted to, to play it safe, and I don't necessarily think it was the wrong move. Uh, I think the competitor in me definitely wanted to be out there competing, but uh, the fact that the fact that they held me back shows that they care, and I really appreciate that on my end. And I know you had a chance to throw some live uh, live batting practice, things like that. What did you notice with, with that time missed? Obviously, last season, you weren't able to compete. Uh, what were some of the things that you noticed that, that maybe were good or a challenge uh, during those times where you could face hitters? Uh, I mean, I'd say there was there was a lot of stuff that I'd say any pitcher, when they're going out for live BPs or live bullpens, uh, just kind of working on stuff. And I think, for me, the biggest thing about those was kind of getting live feedback from hitters. Uh, you're able to kind of see how your pitches work against hitters in certain counts or certain spots that maybe when you're in a just a regular bullpen setting and you're just kind of throwing it to air or throwing it to a dummy, uh, it, it doesn't have the same effect. Especially when I got to I got to face some really good hitters. I got to face uh, Jose Ramirez. I got to face 
Lindor, I got to face Santana. So there's there's certain guys out there that are going to give you a little more in-depth and a big league view of things. So that, I think, helped me a lot. What are some of the things that, that they come back to you with? And is that at the completion of your bullpen, or is it actually during the, the time itself where they, maybe it's a word or two that can be helpful as you continue on? It's it's a little bit of both. There's a, there's a lot of eyes out there, especially in, during things like that. So not only am I kind of getting feedback from what I'm feeling uh, and I'm getting feedback from my catcher, but let's say Frankie sees a fastball or he sees two change-ups and they don't necessarily have the break that I thought they had on them. And he kind of mentions that to me in the middle of the live bullpen. Or let's say there's a pitching coach standing behind me and he says, maybe you're not getting through your pitches or maybe you're not doing this or maybe you're not doing that. So I think those are very, very helpful in terms of like getting a total feel as to what's going on on the baseball field, especially coming from a pitcher standpoint. How about the other pitchers? You're a part of an organization that has been churning out good, young starting pitching uh, for a while now. And, and just visiting with Mike Clevenger last week, uh, he had mentioned how helpful it was when he was breaking in uh, to be able to talk to Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, and others. Uh, has it been similar for you, especially this spring when, when you were in big league camp? Uh, I'd say very much so. Uh, being around being around guys that, that I had been in contact with before, so guys that I played with, so being around Bieber, being around Plesak, being around Savali, uh, those guys are, are very open, and they're, they're I'd say they're around my age in terms of like how they go about their business. And then, but they also have a big league feel to them. So when they go about their business, they're very strict in it. And I think that helped me, especially when I'm going through bullpens and they kind of give me little tips and tricks. We're visiting with Tristan McKenzie, uh, Indians pitcher, and uh, boy, some really nice numbers on his way up through the minor league system. And, and then an injury set back a year ago, did not pitch, but uh, back on the mound this spring and, and was throwing well at the time of the shutdown. And uh, Tristan, just looking at your background, uh, I know you had committed uh, to play at Vanderbilt to play college baseball, but you're right. a first-round pick of the Indians. Um, is it much of a choice, or, or was it a really difficult decision just because of, of some of the money involved if you are a high-round draft pick? Uh, I mean, th I feel like that situation varies for everybody because there's guys that could have gotten drafted very high, namely right now at Vanderbilt. Uh, Kumar Rocker, I'm pretty sure he's a guy that probably could have gotten a lot of money coming out of coming out of high school, but he wanted to go to college and kind of get that that college experience. I, on the other hand, I really wanted to go to college and I really wanted to enjoy the college experience. But for me, the money was something that I don't think I wanted to turn down. That's kind of a once in a lifetime once in a lifetime opportunity in my eyes, and I didn't want to turn that down and maybe not get that chance again, especially when with an organization like the Indians. Well, and, and you do hear some great things about the program at Vanderbilt. Is your brother there now? Correct. He's yeah. a freshman. And what is it about that, that program when you went through the recruiting process and maybe what your brother uh, sees now in, in very limited time because of the shutdown, but uh, what is it that makes that a, a program that attracts so many good young players? Uh, I'd say a lot of the camaraderie between the, the team, the just in terms of how the, how the team goes about its business, and I think a lot of that comes from the leadership structure there. Uh, mainly starting with Tim Corbin and then going down through their pitching staff, their, their strength and conditioning staff, their hitting staff, uh, just all the other coaches. And I think the, the kids all that go to that organization or go to that, that team, they feed into that and they become one, they become a unit. And I think that's why they're so good year in and year out because the philosophy 
goes from the top of the, the top of the totem pole all the way to the bottom. All right, we'll finish up with this. Uh, you're back home, uh, probably first time in a while that, that you've been home in, in the month of April and on into May because of the, the shutdown. And when we say home, you're, you're living at home. And, and what is the best part right now about living at home? Uh, the weather. <laughs> Wait a minute. What about mom's cooking? <laughs> I mean, mom's cooking is good, but I, I feel like I haven't been home in a while. Being in South Florida in, in the springtime is very, very beautiful. I'm, I'm not really going too many places outside of my front porch, but uh, it's, it's been really nice. The sun is very green. It uh, hasn't been super, super hot, but it, it's not cold either. So I can't complain. And it, gosh, just from, from maybe communication you have with, with teammates, with coaches, you mentioned the Zoom calls. Any ideas on, on when this thing might end and, and, and what form it might be, especially for you? You're, you're on that, that fringe of, of you know, trying to make it to the major leagues for the first time in a regular season. What does that mean for you for your season, or is there any possible way to even know right now? There's For right now, I don't think there's any way to know, but I think the best thing that I can do and I think the best thing that all the guys that I've talked to and all the guys are trying to do is just kind of get ready for whatever whatever season may happen, which we're all ready for, just being ready for that. Well, best of luck trying to stay in, in some form of, of sharpness as, as we do get closer, hopefully, to the start of a season. And thanks so much for the time today, Tristan. Appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Well, a really nice young man, Tristan McKenzie, and uh, you root for him. He's working hard and, and uh, trying to, to stay healthy and, and show what he can do, and we'll see if he has that opportunity this summer. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indians third base coach Mike Sarbaugh. That's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Hang on, folks. This baby isn't over yet. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Joined now by Mike Sarbaugh, Indians third base coach, infield instructor as well. And uh, Mike joins us from Pennsylvania, not too far from, from Cleveland. And uh, boy, Mike, strange times to be sure. You just got back from a visit to the grocery store. What's it like in, in almost eastern Pennsylvania uh, where you live right now? <laughs> well, it's real. It's very different, that's for sure. I'm sure where, you know, everywhere it is, but... You know, I always said, hey, you can go to the grocery store and you're looking to rob it. And they wouldn't even know. You just mix right in. You know, you have your mask on. And um, but, you know, it's it's uh, it's not too bad in our area. Um, feel very fortunate in that sense. But, uh, you know, I know it's a little rough in, in more of the bigger cities. So we're a little bit fortunate that we're, we live in a smaller town. But, uh, you know, there's still, uh, you, know, a, you know, a lot of people struggling. And we've talked to various players here the last month or so, and, and also some coaches about what they're trying to do just to stay in touch. And, and what are you, what have you been able to do during this time off to, to stay in touch both with Tito and the rest of the coaches and, and also some of your players? Yeah, well, as a staff, we, we get together at least once, once a week and have a, a zoom call with all the, the coaches. And it's always fun to get on there and, uh, you know, and be able to see each other and, and have some fun from that end. And then from the player standpoint, you know, I, I've tried to keep in touch with the all the infielders. Uh, you know, originally I called all of them just to catch up and see if they're healthy and see how things are and just to make sure they're maintaining their, you know, their fitness, 
making sure they're staying active and try to do as much as they can within reason, keep keeping that social distancing. Uh, and then occasional texts during the weeks. Uh, so it's been good. Um, just trying to make the best of a tough situation. So they've all been positive and it's been good. I thought it was interesting talking to pitchers, uh, Adam Pletko, uh, not able to play catch with anyone because of social distancing. So he just takes a bucket of balls and throws them into a net. Uh, infielders, I would think, would be a real challenge. Uh, how do you take ground balls if you even want to, uh, to try and stay uh, some semblance of sharp? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, like I said, it's difficult on, on multiple ends uh, for all these players. But for the infielders, you know, the biggest thing I just keep emphasizing is making sure they keep their legs in shape. Um, you know, the fielding part, I mean, these guys are professional players and and they'll be fine. But, you know, you just get concerned with them maybe getting out of shape a little bit. So we want to make sure they keep their legs uh you know, fresh and, and keep them in shape. And then also uh, I tell them, Hey, at least a couple times a week, just, you can have your wife roll some balls to you, you know, just get down there and have a little, uh, uh, you know, little fun with your wife, get her to throw you some ground balls just to kind of, uh, you know, simulate that. Um, and then also too, you can go back to when you were 10 years old, throw a ball off a wall, just find a wall, have some fun with it. Well, I guess anything, creative right now comes into to play in a good way joined by mike sarbaugh indians third base coach mike uh, obviously you were out in spring training at that time when things came to an end and explain how how that went from your perspective i know the players said that the communication was really good and uh, what was it like those final days for you well for me it was it was kind of uh it was tough because my son who was in college during spring break had brought a friend out for that week, that week, uh, leading that, I mean, actual, the day I left, they left that morning. So I was kind of getting nervous a little bit because I wanted them, him and his buddy to get home, uh, and, and make sure they're safe back home. Um, thinking of that. And then also for myself, um, you know, it just seemed to, as soon as, Rudy Gobert with all that situation with the NBA. And as soon as that happened on that Wednesday, it just seemed everything just sped up uh, those next couple days. And, uh, you know, I knew, I kind of knew that things were going to change and they did pretty quick. So, you know, you go from Thursday thinking, okay, we'll see how things go, have a meeting. Uh, we'll, we'll reconvene on Friday morning. And then by Friday morning, uh, they weren't sure they were going to have a, a discussion with MLB. And then by noon, it was like, Hey, we're thinking we're going to stop, uh, you know, operations here. And, and uh, you know, so it got, it moved pretty quick. Uh, and it was, it was very surreal. That's for sure. And you had that red eye flight home on the Friday night from Phoenix back home. Uh, what was that like uh, and what normally is, is kind of an empty airport and an empty flight? Yeah, well, and especially with the red eye and then, you know, what was going on with the virus, I was expecting it to be a little low key, but that was definitely was not. You know, I got there and I saw there was it was a very crowded airport. You see, I saw a lot of minor league players with their bags from all the different teams in Arizona walking in there trying to get on flights. I actually saw some major league coaches from a couple of the other teams. So it was very surreal that, 
I always told, I tell people, it was almost like I felt like we were trying, there was a hurricane coming and that we, everybody was taking care of their business to get out. And that's the feel it had to me. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting couple of days. So you fast forward, it's been more than a month now. We're, we're heading to the end of April and I'm sure you're like anyone else. You, you read some of the stories about uh, ideas that, that have been floated to, to get a season going. Any of those uh, look decent to you? And, and what do you see in some of the challenges that, that some of those ideas would have? Well, I think of all of them, uh, you know, I've seen the, the Arizona only, then I saw Florida, Arizona, and then the one adding Texas to it. Um, I kind of like the Arizona, Florida one, just with the spring training complexes. Uh, I, I just felt that, uh, you know, if we can get things going in those two places, it's, it's their, our facilities we're comfortable with. I think we can hopefully control things a little bit better in those environments. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, a month after that, maybe that maybe we could get to our cities. But there's so many unknowns uh, that can be able to get to that. And I think the number one, you want to make sure you keep everyone healthy. And uh, it's just it's it's going to be very challenging uh, for uh, Major League Baseball and for the teams to come up with a safe environment to where we can get games going I know they're they're working on it every day and, and somehow trying to get there and uh, no real progress yet because of where we are with the virus right now. We're joined by Mike Sarbaugh, and uh, we'll lighten things up a little bit after this short timeout. Listen to the roar of the crowd as the Indians take the field. Yes, sir, they love this club here in Cleveland. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from home. And we are joined by Indians third base coach and infield instructor Mike Sarbaugh. And uh, Mike has, I mean, he's been in the organization for a long time, going on 30 years now, uh, both as a player and then as a coach and manager in the minor leagues. And now the Indians uh, third base coach. And uh, Mike, take us back to, to when Terry Francona asked you to be a, a part of the major league staff after so many seasons in the minor leagues, both as a player, coach, and a manager, you, you get that chance to be a part of the big league club. Uh, take us back to that day and what that was like for you. Well, when I when I was asked to come up to Cleveland to interview for it, you know, like you said, I'd been with the organization for I think at that point 24, 25 years. So, um, just you know, I've really I really enjoyed my my years with the, the minor league clubs, and uh, so going up there, I just. I felt it was a great opportunity. Um, I had, I'd met Terry once, I think back in 01 when he was our, uh, one of our special assistants. So I had met him before, but didn't really know him well. Uh, so, uh, I was looking forward to it. Go up. I had my interviews. Uh, and then when they did offer me the job, uh, I think, you know, initially you just, there's so many things that go through your mind, all the bus trips, you know, all the things you've done as, as, you know, in baseball to get to that point. Um, uh, it, it, there's nothing you can't describe it. Just getting that opportunity, especially for a player that the aspirations were to get there as a major, to be a major league player, didn't have that, um, develop, 
So started back at scratch as his coach and to be able to get to that point to where that opportunity comes to be a major league coach, uh, it was uh, quite a, quite a, quite an op, uh, a time. And you had come up a couple of times when you were managing Columbus at, at the tail end of seasons for a little bit with the big club. And I know in spring training, obviously you're, you're a part of that major league coaching staff, but when did it really hit home that, Hey, th- now I'm in the big leagues. Um, I think it was uh, the first day at spring training uh, because, you know, all the years of being on the other side, uh, you know, having your locker room and you know, your locker and just being in, in those offices. And now I'm on the other side in a new locker with all these big league coaches and big league players. I think that's when it really set in. Well, we can tell you folks, in addition to being a fine coach for the Indians, Mike Sarbaugh is a noted actor as he appeared in the movie Major League Two. And uh, Mike, tell us about how did this come about as you're playing in the minor leagues that you get a chance to be a part of a major motion picture? <laughs> well, it definitely wasn't from my acting ability, but uh, uh, <laughs> the, uh, well, that, uh, the, the off season of 93. So going into the late September of 93, I got a call from a scout, a friend of mine who's a scout at the time with the Brewers, and just asked if I'd be interested in being an extra for a uh, a movie. Uh, and he said it was a ma- the major they were making the second major league movie. They were doing the spring training scenes here in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which was about 20, 30 minutes from my home. So I said, sure. So he gave my name. Uh, I had the opportunity to go, and I even auditioned for a part. I uh, was able to get that part um, in the Major League Two movie and to be able to be on the set and, and just to see how the movies are made. Uh, it's amazing how they can piece those things together. Um, and just to be I, I didn't really get a lot of interaction with the, the main stars, uh, but I still every time I see that Allstate commercial, I think it's, that's Serrano, man. That's the guy that hugged me in the movie. So, you know, just. Uh, just to be involved with that. It was a cool experience, something that, you know, like yourself, a lot of people, they bring up a lot. So it, it was, uh, it was something I look back on. It was a, a great time, great, great experience and uh, a lot of good memories. Now you said they had you do an audition. What did they have you do that uh, allowed you to, to, to break into this business? Well, <laughs> well, you know, they had a script and I read with a director, which is very odd for me. Um, so I, I did, I read through this script and it was a very small part. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, the part that I auditioned for, that wasn't what the scene I did in the movie. It was kind of, um, I auditioned for a Pirates infielder uh, to do a scene, but I ended up being a Red Sox shortstop that ends up turning a double play and then with Serrano gives me a hug. And that was not the part I auditioned for. So I still to this day, I don't know how I just got called in to do that scene. So it was it was fun just to see how, you know, how they uh, and how they put it all together and and just to see how the actors, uh, you know, how they do the acting. And, and it's amazing how, you know, maybe a guy with not the best 
baseball ability, how they can make them look pretty real on screen. It's, it's pretty cool. Now, did they have you do any any baseball activities to audition, or was it strictly reading, and then they just figured that you'd be okay on the baseball end? Yeah, it was just strictly reading. Yeah, no, uh, no, no baseball, any any baseball activities. So that was kind of, uh, you know, you felt like, man, I'm actually auditioning here. I, you know, for a, a part in a movie. I was like, I never, hey, I haven't prepared for this one. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was a great experience. So generally, obviously, Major League is legendary, and, and Major League Two was okay. The, the the one after that, I know, it gets ripped to no end. Um, are you a little concerned that that Major League Two doesn't quite get the notoriety that the first one did? They're just they're great baseball movies. Um, I yeah, I I really enjoyed the first one too. But if I, I'm biased, you know, the second one, you know, the acting in that one was much better than the first. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm biased. <laughs> so, uh, um, but yeah, I think just being a baseball fan, being a someone that's involved with the game, just to be, to have those movies being made, and just to those are those are awesome. Um, and you know, to this day, I still think uh, that Major League Series that's some of the better ones made. Now, you know, you can go to Bull Durham and all those are great films too. But just the way they were produced and put together it just has it's it's they're fun and can you can you say of the the actor actors the pros um who was the best baseball player in in your opinion from what you saw on the field and Uh, you can and you can use any of the three movies well i you know i think charlie sheen i just he you know i think he has a passion for the game it looks like he's played a lot of it of all of them i thought he had the best he was had the best abilities. Interesting. Well, you mentioned, yeah. hey, you're you're a baseball fan at heart. Obviously, you've been in the game forever. And to bring our conversation full circle, um, because of that, what's been the the toughest part here? Not being on a team, playing baseball or coaching baseball in the month of April with a season where it normally begins. Yeah, it's been been very interesting because, like for myself. This is the first time I've been home in the spring since 1985, my senior year in high school. So from that part, it's it's been much different. Um, and then also to to have things you're working on with players and and, you know, things that you wanted to continue to work on. And all of a sudden you stop. Now all you can do is just put it on paper or just try and envision how when we get started who knows when that is but how are we going to be able to continue to work on the things that we were working on previously so you just try to keep your mind uh staying positive stay in the moment and just keep it keep the thoughts on the players and how we can help them uh because there isn't a lot of negative things that can go through your mind during this uh you know during this pandemic so uh, you know, and also too, I think being home, you know, I have three kids that are here and, and with my wife and, you know, just trying to think about, Hey, I'm getting a little bit more time than I would have to be able to spend with them. So you just try and keep this all, you try to stay positive because it can uh, really get on top of you when you're you get into those negative thoughts. Mike, always great to visit with you and uh, hopefully things are going well for you back home during this time. And uh, hopefully we catch up with you real soon. 
Sounds good, Rosie. Thanks, and everyone stay safe. That's Indians third base coach Mike Sarbaugh, and it's always great to visit with Mike. I've known him since 1991, my first year in baseball in Kinston, North Carolina, with the single-A club for the Indians. He was the starting shortstop for that ball club and uh, has really had a nice career both as a player and now as uh, a coach for the Indians and prior to that, a minor league manager won many titles in the Indians organization at different levels. Good baseball man, Mike Sarbaugh, and we thank him for joining us this week on Tribe Talk. And that's going to do it for our show. I want to thank Brian Matze, as always, for putting things together back at our studios. Bart Swain, Indians PR director, always nice work tracking down our guests, and we thank Bart for that. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. to the roar of the crowd as the Indians take the field. Yes, sir, they love this club here in Cleveland.